You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron Ladd. No, he did No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. He came in talking about, I'm ready. And then there was a, I mean, come on, Mark. What's up, man? How you doing? You didn't feel like getting a, a haircut for today's episode? What's wrong with my haircut? Our weekly, our weekly recording caught you off guard. <laughs> oh my god, bro! I get a haircut every two weeks, bro. But don't act like you're brand new to this. <laughs> let me go ahead and let the listeners on uh, on X let us know that we're we're live, tapped in with us here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. Mark Gunnels can only grace us for so long. He was just telling me before we came on that you know he's got he's got bro, you are here. such a liar. <laughs> This dude just said it needs to be a short one, guys. <laughs> well, it's the bye week, man. It's the bye week, man. And I feel like we're far enough removed from the game that, like, I mean, we can we can give our two cents about it. You know, people tap in with Coast to Coast because they want to hear what, what Mark and Ladd have to say. But, you know, we didn't, this game has been discussed, you know. Yeah, but you know, it's, it was a big game. This is the, probably the biggest game of the year so far. So we can we we can we can dive into a little bit more. It was a big number here in KC locally. Did you see that? I actually didn't see the numbers at Kansas City. Ninety four percent of the market that had TVs on at that time were watching Chiefs versus Dolphins. Just a massive share. Obviously, you're only going up against like the. You know the church shows and the yeah. What else is on at eight thirty in the morning on a Sunday? CBS Sunday morning. You know, you're not really going up against any tough, uh, tough competition. But uh, Chiefs dominated as they always do. It was good to have another game here on KSHB forty one. Speaking of the ratings and not just forty one, but uh, it was the highest rated international game in NFL history thus far. They got a good one, man. They, I mean, they got a good one. Two AFC heavyweights, and it was a good ending, even though it was kind of blowout territory there for uh, halftime. The second half kind of flipped the script on that, so it kept a lot of interest, kept a lot of eyeballs. And, uh, yeah, we'll get into that. Let's let's make it official. Chiefs Coast to Coast, Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Episode 63. Mark Gunnels is in L.A., Steven Serta is behind the board here in Kansas City, and so is Aaron Ladd here at KSHB 41, breaking down another Chiefs win, this time over the Miami Dolphins in the first ever NFL game in Frankfurt. We'll recap that game as long as we look ahead to the Chiefs' bye week as they enter the bye week seven 
And two, Mark Gunnels will tell us his biggest strength for the Kansas City Chiefs and his biggest weakness for the Kansas City Chiefs headed into the bye as they try and wrap up the regular season and defend their Super Bowl title. Can't have Coast to Coast without you all, the fam, the listeners, the family. It's all good. We got to come up with something that has a C in it, like Coast to Coast. Like, oh, no, you know how like Beyonce has the beehive or maybe maybe we got the C hive. Well, this is why we know that that's, that's terrible. Uh, this is why we have the bye week, because so we can go back in the film room like the Chiefs. We can do some self-evaluation, look in the mirror, and we'll come back fresh next week. So that's our homework assignment uh, throughout this next week. I don't know. I'm ro- I'm rocking with the Sea Hive. The Sea Hive is tapping. No, because <laughs> it's like coast to coast. It could be Sea Hive, like. S-E-A. It could be the sea highs. Uh, I don't know, man. It sounds like you're reaching, buddy. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> Whatever y'all want to call it. Uh, appreciate y'all <laughs> tapped in with us. Daniel Berry already says yo on YouTube. It's X, YouTube, uh, wherever y'all are tapped in. Uh, appreciate, y'all make, appreciate y'all making time for us in your day. 816-514-1267 is our voicemail line. We'll dust that off at some point. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll collect some bi-week voicemails and uh, let y'all take the wheel here on Coast to Coast as we preview the Eagles game going ahead. Let's start with our uh, our, our recap, man. Mahomes avoids. He's a magician. Chiefs recap. Kansas City wins in the first ever game in Frankfurt week nine. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, an okay day, 20 for 30, 185 and two touchdowns to a tongue of Iloa, 21-34, 193 and a touchdown. It was a tale of two halves, Mark, and we kind of have a show sheet here. Let's start with the – just the – the Germany game aspect of this, like the fact that, you know, there was this week long buildup and the dolphins get there first and then the chiefs arrive. And then, you know, the game day atmosphere, how much, how many chiefs fans made the trip? Did it feel like a home game? Let's talk specifically about the overview of the game being in Germany. How cool was that for you to see your hometown team kind of breaking into this new market in, uh, in Frankfurt? Yeah, it was cool, man. Um, and it did kind of feel like the closest you, I guess you can say, to a home game because the fans were really in, into it. And what really started off for me, I don't know if you heard the national anthem, they did the home of the Chiefs. <laughs> they actually did it. And they showed Patrick Mahomes on the sideline when it happened. He gave a little smirk and nodded his head like, okay, like they're they're actually hip. Like they, <laughs> they're ready to go. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um also, just the constant noise, it reminded me like of a soccer game. Because, you know, when you watch a soccer game, especially overseas, there's noise nonstop. Like, it doesn't it doesn't matter who, who has the ball, who doesn't have the ball. There's constant bells and whistles and shouting throughout the whole entire game. And I kind of felt that during this game as well. I think that's an adjustment for the players because normally you're used to when you have the ball it being quiet, right? And then when you're on defense, the, the crowd going crazy. So that's one thing that I noticed as well. And on a personal level, 
I have to wake up at 6 a.m. for this game, uh, Aaron, on the West Coast. So I'm still sorry to hear that, Mark. I'm sorry about that, man. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. I, I heard people in Kansas City complaining about waking up at 8. I'm like, are you kidding me? Plus, you got the Power hour. Mark, you got the extra hour on the fallback, too. So you were already naturally like, you You got to help. They get, the schedule, I mean, the, 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 schedule timing, does, the, yeah. the timing did help out for that, I will say. But I still had to order me an espresso in the morning to uh, keep me up with some extra shots in there. Was so, it an espresso uh, martini or was it an espresso? It was uh, it was espresso martini. <laughs> it was an espresso martini. Uh, but, no, nah, it was cool, man. Overall, I, I think, you know, you heard – Clark Hunt mentioned it earlier in the week, talking about how he wants this to be the world's team, right? You know, not just uh, America's team, which is the Dallas Cowboys mantra. I, I think they have the chance to do that, you know, because not only are the Chiefs brand right now, just as far as them winning a thing, but now you add on with the Travis Kelsey, and as long as him and Taylor Swift are together, that's going to draw more eyes to the Chiefs, and she's a, she's a world brand herself. She's on international tour right now. So when you factor in all of those things, and not to mention you have a guy named Patrick Mahomes who's the face of the league right now, the Chiefs are in a position to be the world's team. Are you surprised that she wasn't at the game? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Because uh, I did see, I guess Brittany wasn't there either, because I saw a picture circulating like in the night or two before them hanging out in New York. So <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what the, maybe I don't know if those are old or not, but yeah. You I saw those circulating or, or you or you went looking for them? Nah, they were I mean, I, you can't get away from it on my timeline, at least. <laughs> um, I thought it was really cool the Germany experience. The fans are really bought in. We had a lot of good coverage. KSHB 41 was the only local station here in the KC to KC Market to even go. Um, and we got a lot of cool stuff from Steve Spagnolo's history in Frankfurt coaching there to kind of the Chiefs influence how people in Germany became Chiefs fans and people's stories and connections with Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, the media coverage, kind of the the different style of doing the media there. You, you noticed that like all the guys were on the podium and they were answering questions one by one and Travis Kelsey got asked about his relay. So it was like cool to see kind of the Chiefs who we already see as this bigger-than-life brand. We see them as this Showtime Lakers. We shoot, we see them as LeBron's heat to see them kind of go over there at the peak of their powers, right? Like, they just won a Super Bowl. They're 6-2 and two going into the game. Like, this was almost an appreciation for what they were able to build in the last few years here. And, look, they didn't play their best game. I don't think there's any way to sugarcoat that, Mark. Like, the offense scored 14 points a week after scoring nine in Denver and a lot of the same issues with short yardage, a lot of the frustrations um, on all three levels of the offense, skill positions, quarterbacks uh, in the offensive line. Um, I think it's fair as I've done on this program before to maybe question if the play calling is putting them in the best positions, but let's talk about the play that will go down in infamy. The scoop and score, the the boot. Uh, real quick, real, real real quick before we get into that, I want to make a correction that I uh, I said earlier. It was actually President Mark Donovan that spoke on the Chiefs being the world's team. It wasn't um, 
Clark Clark Hunt. And I, actually, I want to read a quote just before we go on. Mark yeah. Donovan said, he said, it could be looked at as maybe arrogant. I like to look at it as am, ambitious, but we want to be the world's team. We think the opportunity exists today for us to set a foothold that we are the world's team, that people look at the Chiefs as an international representation of the NFL from President Mark Donovan. I think it's fair. It's a good goal. They also have a str- they, I don't want to say they have a stranglehold in Germany, but they have a foothold in Germany with I believe the the Hunt Sports Group is in Bayern Munich, which I think is in the German Bundesliga. It's not in Frankfurt, but they you know, this is this is all part of a bigger plan. This is and I mean, hey, when you got 15, one of the most marketable players in all of sports and then he plays in Germany like it's you you can start to see the dominoes fall in, into into place. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt you about this infamous play that's going down into Chiefs Laurel. What did you think? Because I, I was watching. I guess I was watching a little bit of a delay, and I, I started to see the reactions roll in on X as we look at it here. Um, <laughs> I had never seen anything like this before, man. And the Chiefs have shown us showed us their willingness to like lateral the ball, Travis Kelsey, especially. I get nervous when I see that ball hanging out there, Mark. That, that's <laughs> my heart dropped for a moment when I saw this in real time. Yeah, not me. Cause it was a very controlled, like the toss is only one yard. Like the guy was right there. It, it, it wasn't the ones that make me wor- worry is when Kelsey does it just randomly sometimes. <laughs> like, like, you think he actually has a chance to get some more yards for himself, and he just says, you know what? I see a guy running by me. Let me throw it to Noah Gray real quick. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. All right, calm down, Kelsey. But, uh, no, nah, I thought this was amazing, man. And I think it's pretty poetic that it was Tyreek Hill, the one that fumbled right, and the guy that stripped him was a, was one of the picks that they got in the trade, Trent, Trent McDuffie. I mean, you couldn't. People say the NFL is scripted. This is a prime example of why people would probably think that. I mean, you couldn't have, you literally couldn't have drawn that up any better, Aaron. Like just this whole situation in general, you know, with Tyreek and McDuffie, and then obviously the aftermath when I went into it. it just, I, I think a lot of Chiefs Kingdom were, were were losing their minds when that happened. I know I was one of them because. Tyreek has been talking all summer. We've discussed him on several podcasts. I'm, I don't know how many episodes we've discussed him. It's been several throughout the offseason because, you know, it, it needed to be said, right? Um, and I think this needed to happen to Tyreek Hill. <laughs> You've been waiting on that one. You <laughs> you had that one in the chair. You thought that was a bar? <laughs> it was. That was fire. It needed to be said, but this needed to that be That was hot bars, baby. <laughs> I think Sea Hive is better than it needed to be done. You, you didn't like how I played that? Come on. Give me I, some credit. I, I, do, I do. I agree with you. This was kind of like a poetic justice type thing to where, like, um, none of the guys that were involved in the play were even on the Kansas City Chiefs when Tyreek Hill was last year. McDuffie is part of the the hall that he comes over for. Mike Edwards is a, a journeyman type guy who came over that was supposed to be a depth piece. And then well, Brian, Cook. Brian Cook. Well, except Brian Cook was here last year. Was he? Was he here with Tyreek? Yeah. 
Oh, I thought you meant. I thought you meant a part of the. Never mind. I get what you're saying now. You mean no, part of like, yeah, like, like they're part of this. They're part you. of this. Okay, okay, this evolution. This new right, era. Right, 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 this right, right. next step. Like, how is Kansas City gonna win it without Tyreek? And right. they they win this game because of a lot of these pieces that were part of the next step. Um, yeah. It, it obviously Casey doesn't win this game without this play, but I think. You know, we're going to look down the road maybe in – and there are smaller plays that help KC win the game. Like I think of that third down conversion from Rasheed Rice. Oh, that, that was continue That 95-yard drive. There's a lot – there's some run stops. The forced fumbles from Willie Gay who, if you remember, he was on the injury report and maybe we weren't even knowing if he was going to play. We didn't even know if he was going to travel damn near. He makes some of the biggest plays in the game, especially in the run game. Um. I just wanted to, to shout out this play because it was it was one of those things that you'll remember. Oh, the Chiefs did play in Germany back then. Oh, remember the Tyreek Hill? Like it's it it's gonna be yeah. one of those plays. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, another thing I want to touch on as well because it's not in our our rundown, but you know I like to go off script sometimes. Shocking. Uh, <laughs> but can we talk about how Ceh didn't travel and? You know, a lot of Chiefs Kingdom was like, oh, oh, that means it's time to unlock LaMichael Piron. Were you seeing any of that on your timeline? Well, I think, that's, I think you, you have the only timeline where people were talking like that. <laughs> well, he, he only had one carry for one yard. And it was a, I didn't know when it – why did he even get that carry when it happened? And it was like in a crucial point in the game, too. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's pretty um, advantageous there to give him the ball right now in this situation. But okay. And then Jared McKinnon only had one carry for two yards. Now, granted, he did have the touchdown catch and he had another, he had two catches in total. Uh, but th- this running back room, Aaron, I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm starting to get concerned. I'm glad you mentioned uh, the running game, and and this can kind of lead into our next point, talking about short yardage issues for Kansas City as they're shut out in the second half after scoring 21 points in the first two quarters. And these numbers from our friend Nate Taylor over The Athletic, he wrote, uh, the headline is, Chiefs offense needs to be better in short yardage situations. And in part is this data. The Chiefs have struggled on third and fourth down plays in which they needed two or fewer yards to gain a first down or a touchdown, Mark Gunnell. So we're talking about fourth and two or shorter to extend the drive or score six points. In 32 of those snaps so far this season, the Chiefs have converted just 18 times. It's 56% of the time. That's good for 26th in the league. And just seven of those plays have involved Isaiah Pacheco, Mark Gunnels, who gained a first down or even scored a touchdown in five of those seven attempts. There was a third and one play that a lot of people dissected from this Chiefs-Dolphins game where the Chiefs go pass. Mahomes' first look is to Kelsey. He's covered up. They have to throw it away, and it gives the Dolphins one more chance to drive the length of the field and try and tie that game. I could not understand for the life of me why they didn't go Pacheco there. Andy Reid kind of gave voice to it post game, saying that it, he owed the offensive line an opportunity to go win that game right there. But they haven't been consistent enough outside of those situations either, maybe to even make it a, a surefire call, in my opinion. And then maybe that's why Andy goes past there. But 
for me, I, and we're going to talk strengths and weaknesses going into the bye a little bit later in the show. This short yardage conundrum for KC, Mark Gunnels, it, it, it keeps it keeps me up at night, so to speak. <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely frustrating. But at the same time, I do want to keep this in perspective. This is the same thing that we've talked about at this point last year about short yardage situations, and they ended up figuring out when once it got to December and January, then ultimately in February. I, I think in it's not the most exciting thing to say because it it, it it feels like I'm letting Andy Reid off the hook when I say this. You are, but he, he truly, but he truly does experiment early in the season. Like he plays around with stuff to see what will work and what won't work. And then when it's time, when the money's on the line, I really don't have concern. Like, I don't think when it, in a playoff game or a late December game against the Bengals in that situation, we're going to be like, what is Andy doing? Like, I don't think that's going to happen. And it, it's, I have evidence to back me up over the last five years. Like, we don't make these – we don't come up with these these things in playoff situations of why – That's not necessarily that. true, Mark Gunnels, because no, – no. There's only one game. I was going to get there's only one game where you can say that on top of your head, and that's the the first Bengals AFC Championship game when you, they're up twenty-one to three, and they. Didn't I was gonna there. I was gonna point to that example, but that's the been... only game though. That's the only game that you can say off top of your head that you were really blaming it on play calling. That's it. So it, I'm taking one one game out of how many playoff games they played in the Mahomes era. I, I think I feel justified in saying that I should not be concerned about this. When, when the money's on the line. I hear you. And yes, that Bengals game absolutely stands out, not just because of the play they ran going into halftime where Tyreek is on like a jet sweep type thing, but also some of Mahomes' decision-making in the red zone to close out regulation that kind of I, – I, I just – I think maybe – I mean, who they are in short yardage situations is honestly just a reflection of who they are <clears throat> offensively in general. Like they haven't been consistent enough on first and second down to put themselves in position on third down where they can go out there and have confidence uh, either way, run or pass. And this was a true test as well, because I know we're trying to do a little bit of a quicker episode, but this was Miami, man. This is one of those teams where you said preseason, you're going to see them in the postseason. Like you need to put your, this is one of those teams that's coming for your AFC crown. Like they could potentially be somebody who puts it all together and hell, when they were scoring 70 points earlier this year, we thought that they were we thought that they were serious about it. Obviously, they look a little bit different against teams who are over 500. And some of the question marks I have about consistency for Kansas City absolutely ring true for the Miami Dolphins. But this short yardage thing, I'm not willing to just chalk it up and say, oh, they'll get it right by postseason because hell, their offense in general is inconsistent. I have yet to see them put four full quarters together against a team that we think is worth their own salt, and we're about to hit. Week 10 and week 11, Mark Gunnels. Like, at a certain point, this is just who they are. Let me let me just transition into this, and 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 because it kind of touches on what we talk about and we can move along here. Chiefs head into the bye week 7-2. and two, um, Top of the AFC West, no doubt about that. But we still are worried about a few things. Short yardage is one thing, but there's just some other meat on the bones. We've talked wide receiver room. We've talked... Uh, Matt Nagy and some other things. So Mark Gunnell is going to start us off first here. His biggest weakness for the world champion Kansas City Chiefs and his biggest strength for the world champion Kansas City Chiefs as they enter the bye week 
here uh, in the city of champions. The biggest weakness right now, I would say, is the wide receivers lack of separation. Um, you see seeing teams do a, run a lot more man against the Chiefs and the, the guys on the outside struggle to get open consistently. Um, you know, there's going to be clips out there that show guys are open and select the plays on all 22. And like, why didn't Mahomes throw it to him? But like, there's still shots. Like, I, I really, really despise that. The fact that everybody has access to all 22 is probably like the worst thing ever because everybody thinks they're an offensive uh, coordinator now. And they could, they like, oh, he looks, he's open, but like Mahomes, he can't see four guys at one time. Like, it, like it is There's more, a progression to it. Yeah. yeah, there is more nuances that go into it versus you just looking at it and seeing guys are open 30 yards down the field. So I think that is, is an issue, but I also think it's play calling and putting guys in the right position that we spoke about earlier. I would have never made the proclaims that I've made about Sky Moore if I knew he was going to be on the outside. <laughs> I knew you were going to find a way to if get If I knew, there. if I knew he was going to be on the outside just as much, or if not more, than in the slot, because that's the whole reason why you saw these Julian Edelman type comparisons, Wells Welker, because those guys lived in the slot, but it's been Rasheed Rice that is getting most of the slot opportunities, and he's taking advantage of it. And now you're at the point now. You don't want to risk losing his production just to please Sky more by switching their position. So it is what it is at this point. But let's go to the good side. Or right, do you want to do your weakness first? No, you can go ahead. You want to roll okay. here. Okay. So, yeah, the biggest strength, I mean, obviously it's the defense, but let me get more in-depth about it. I think it's the secondary. Ah. I think the secondary is the biggest strength of this team. Now, you may think, well, what about Chris Jones and George Koloftis, right? They have, what, almost 12 sacks combined or something like that? Crazy? Yeah, 100%. They're, they're, it, there's no weakness on this defense right now. Let me just point that out. I think this defense is legit on all three levels. Let me just put that out there. But I think when you look at each unit, I got to go with the secondary because we're seeing week in and week out, they're eliminating teams wide receiver one, right? You took out Calvin Ridley. He didn't do anything when you played the Jacksonville. Garrett Wilson didn't have 100 yards when you played the Jets. Jettis, Justin Jefferson, only had like 28 yards after three quarters before he got hurt in that Minnesota game. Like, I could keep going on and on. And then, obviously, this past week, you held Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle to barely, they barely got over 100 yards combined. Combined. When Tyreek Hill's getting that by himself on most weeks or close to even 200 sometimes, and you held, you held Tyreek to under 70 yards as an individual. So when I keep seeing this pattern week in and week out, I have to give my, my tip my cap to Trent McDuffie, who I, actually he leads the league, Aaron, for all defensive backs and forced fumbles. I believe he has three, maybe four, but I know he leads the league from force fumbles from a defensive back perspective. Legereus Sneed, you could argue this is the best cornerback duo in the league right now. They're playing lights out. And then you look at the second, the safeties. I know Justin Reed gets some flack, but he's been playing really well these last few weeks. His tackling, he's, he's, he's laying guys on the ground, man. He's laying the wood. Pause. So you got Justin Reed, and then... <laughs> Oh, so Sterner confirmed it. Yeah, Trent McDuffie has four, 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 
fumbles. And then we just saw Brian Cook high-stepping down the sideline this past week, looking like an, an all-world Olympic sprinter. So, oh, and I, Mike Edwards. I can't – how can I not mention Mike Edwards? He has Mark, you can't best. name an entire – you just said I'm not going to name the entire defense as the, as the biggest strength. I'm going to get specific. No, but I'm naming just the secondary. I'm naming, I'm naming just the secondary guys, though. I just named all secondary guys. Their secondary is they, – they're deep, man. So that's the biggest strength on this team is the secondary. Yeah, I think it's very easy to see this topic and go, oh, well, the biggest strength is the defense and the biggest weakness is the offense. And here's my homework. Like, uh, I, I was hoping, like, I don't know. that I like this because you can also go a couple of different ways with it. Like, I like that you say the secondary because where I see that as as – a big strength for KC, especially with what they put on tape. It's hard to ignore what this linebacker unit has done, considering they're missing the guy. They're missing Uno. They're missing, in my opinion, Uno. Maybe they find a new Uno in this process. But Drew Tranquil and Nick Bolton, what they're putting on and Nick Bolton, Drew Tranquil and Willie Gay, what they were able to put on tape against one of the most explosive offenses. In all of the National Football League, if not the, I know the numbers were skewed a lot because they dropped 70, but I'm, I'm, I'm arguing to say that that might be one of the biggest strengths uh, of an already very strong defense. Weakness-wise, man, I'm still going to hammer this run game. I, for Isaiah Pacheco to be as effective as he is, I do not think that he is utilized enough, and I don't think that he's utilized in the right way. We talk about the this interior offensive line so much and those three guys inside being maulers and, you know, just clear the way like those guys can can mow the farm like let's run those plays more consistently. Let's be more effective when we like let's be let's have a longer leash when we do run those plays as well. Yes. Smart Gunnels. So it feels like you should change your weakness from saying running game to play calling. Right. Well, so it's and, not necessarily the. I mean, they kind of go hand in hand. I see what you're saying, but I just wanted to point that out. It feels like you're complaining more about the the plays being called versus the actual running game itself. I do think it's a stew because I think when you're saying when I say running game, it, it's the commitment to it as well. And you can't just be. I, I don't want KC to just be a, a team that runs because they have to they have to run 10 times a game it's kind of part of what sets up the pass game and it's part of what makes the rest of the offense work like no be committed to your run game because it it can be the offense at times not that it sets up the pass but that it is a version of the pass eric bienemy when he was here would talk about it being vice versa but i i would just like to see that a little bit more that that's my weakness and strength as kc heads into the bye week. And we know how important these bye weeks are for Andy Reid coach teams. Andy Reid coach teams. He talks a lot about self scouting and how he uses this time to pour over all of the tape that they have put down, things that they've shown, things that they haven't shown, which is something you've talked about a lot on here about maybe they still got something under wraps for the division teams that they haven't seen yet or anything like that. I think this is what separates. Andy Reid one, and then what's been built here in Kansas City two, is that you know they they use this time to get better, not just for the next two weeks, uh, but for those January and February games. How can we build ourselves into a well-oiled machine so that we're playing our best ball that time of year, this time of year as well? And I think we'll see some immediate changes, but 
those words self-scouting are things that you're going to hear a lot coming out of the team facility this week. Let's talk Andy Reid after the bye week. You want to hear the stat? Did you pull the number up? I you know, already did. How did you, you, you know I did it already? <laughs> Bro, it's, it, it, come on, man. You know, I, I do a little research. It may be a bye you, week, but, you, you know, I do a little – you ruined the game I was going to do. I was going to ask you – I was going to have you predict this record, I, I but you already got it. It wouldn't be a Chiefs <laughs> podcast if we didn't talk this number after a bye week. But, like, here's the thing, because everybody defines bye week differently, right? Is it a regular season bye week your number is, or is it a postseason bye week? And then even I'll give you another one. That week in between the AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl, do you count that as a bye week as well? I like, do. I do. I okay. count it personally. Yeah. So for that number, if we're counting regular season by week, if we're counting no wild card game as a bye week, and we're counting the week in between the, the championship game and the Super Bowl, I have Andy Reid as 29 and four in his 31 years as an NFL coach and 24 of them being a head coach. 29 and four, Andy Reid is after just a bye in general. Special yeah, I mean, self self scouting and, and I just think routine and a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and I know we'll get into a lot more next week since we're on a bye, but I think this matchup is fascinating against the Eagles, man. Because not only are the Chiefs on a bye, so are the Eagles. The Eagles are on a bye too, so you should theoretically get both teams well rested. I would say healthy, but it looks like the Eagles are going to be without Dallas Dallas Goddard, their tight end. He got hurt in that Cowboys game. It seems very unlikely. He may actually go on the IR from last time I heard. So that's going to be a big loss for them. But, you know, with all the talk, you know, we talked about Tyreek Hill talking this summer. So are the Eagles. I mean, talking about how the grass, <laughs> they lost because of the field. They were slipping and sliding. And they couldn't get no pressure. So now you're coming to Arrowhead on some natural grass. So there's no excuses this time. I think that actually adds more fuel. You would think the team that lost the Super Bowl would have the more motivation to win, to get that rematch. But they created the narrative so strong to where the Chiefs have just as much motivation to beat them on regular grass now. Because now what can you say? You can't blame the field this time. But I know we'll get into it next week. I won't get too much into it. But I'm, I'm excited for this game. If you want to get on Donna Kelsey's schedule, you better start doing it now. Cause she's she's booking, she's getting booked oh busy. We're gonna see her all next week on all the major sports networks. <laughs> uh, let's look at the next four for KC versus Philly on Monday night, as you mentioned. Then at Las Vegas, the twenty sixth. At Green Bay, that game on KSHB forty one. As of right now, obviously. Uh, pending a potential flex. That's December 3rd at Green Bay, Sunday night football. And then home versus the Buffalo Bills on December 10th. So home Eagles at Raiders at Packers, home Bills, the next four after the bye week for Kansas City. They're seven and two now. What's their record after those next four, Mark Mills? Oh, man. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 11 and two. I don't think they lose. So you got them going four and oh. Yeah, I, I think worst case scenario is three and one. You may lose one of those home games. Because the toughest ones are you got the Eagles, but I can't pick against Andy Reid after a bye. I just can't do it. And then, you know, maybe by then the Bills are looking better. That's that's still a little ways away. 
I think they did win an Arrowhead last year in the regular season. But I don't see them losing neither one of those road games. I mean, I thought the Packers game before the year would have been a, a tough game, but they have not played to nowhere near what I thought that was going to be like. That offense year. doesn't scare you, yeah. Yeah, and then we know the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders do have good vibes right now, though. Shout out to Antonio Pierce. Like, guys are smoking cigars in the locker room after the game now. Max Crosby rapping lyrics. Like, the, the vibes are definitely there. So The Raiders have good vibes now, so we better watch. They do. They do. <laughs> I mean, they really didn't like Josh McDaniels, clearly. Like, they're, they're turning up as soon as he left. They're playing music in the locker room. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I mean, it's still a game that Chiefs should win. But I, I will say it's not as it won't be as easy as it was with Josh McDaniels. I think I do think the Raiders could play more, play more competitively from here on out. I do think it matters when you're playing for a guy that you really, really love. And Antonio Pierce played in the NFL, obviously, he can relate to these guys. It looks like he's still, he can play right now, like the guy is still built and in good shape. So, I mean, you know, the Raiders are somewhat interesting now but i mean the two hardest games like i said are both at home so i i think three and one is probably like the the consensus i would say you, you if you would want to be a little conservative but four and one four and oh is definitely on the table well i mean what do you think that sounds about right to me i agree with you i wonder how desperate buffalo is at that point in time in their year and we know that is typically their super bowl whatever they come to arrowhead um <laughs> I wonder if they'll try and win that game as a as a last ditch effort because they have not looked outstanding. And but they, be, they may they may be fighting for their wild card lives potentially. Yeah, and you try and break the season up into quarters like that. I mean, even if three and one, like we said, that puts you at ten and three going into the last four games. Like that's still sitting pretty for that potential one seed and the Arrowhead Invitational being held. Once again, uh, sometime in early 2024. Let's get to Vegas really quickly before we get out of here. Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by Elite Let's go to Vegas with Mark. Why are we in Vegas this week? You don't like coming to Vegas anymore? It's a bye week. I'm not making any plays this week. (laughs) Well, I gotta keep people updated on the. You know, oh, some people yeah. only tap. Some people only tap in. They don't know what the plays. We gotta refresh them on how you're doing. You know, this is this will be our state of the union, if you will, for oh, Mark Gunnels as we enter the as we enter oh, the bye God. week for the kids. Look, man, you said you wanted a bye week. We're giving you a bye week. We're just updating people on what I know. Last I get week. it. I know. I just know there's going to be a lot of shade coming. Here we go. No shade coming. Mark was one and two last week as the Chiefs beat the Miami Dolphins in Frankfurt, Germany. That was his only correct play. He took the Chiefs money line and that hit. I know he was a little nervous towards the end of the game, but hit. It held on. The two misses for Mark Gunnels. Tyreek Hill, anytime touchdown. They tried. I don't even know if he really got any good good looks in the red zone, really. He was they had a really good plan on him. And even when have you seen like the post-game footage where he's like dapping out Kelsey and he's like, hey man, y'all yeah. had y'all had a good ass plan, man. And McCole was like, Give me that jersey, I need that jersey. Get a jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They had a good plan on Tyreek Hill, and and I kind of felt you on like, oh, revenge game. Oh, Miami's gonna try and get him involved, but Casey had uh, had the cheetah 
contained. So that was a miss. And then you took the over Mahomes passing yard. That's a big number in hindsight. I, I wonder if the number ever if this is like the biggest number you'll get on Mahomes or if it comes back down, you took over 288 and a half and you finished with 185, nearly, nearly a hundred fewer yards for the rating. He gave me 288 and a half that I, I would be surprised because we, we said this on the platform before, like the deep ball is kind of gone. The, the deep ball is gone for, for Mahomes. So he's, Having to dice, slice and dice and finger cut his way to 288 and a half, it's not happening this year. You you can hammer the under the rest of the way. I just thought, well, I thought this was going to be a game where they unlock the playbook against Tyreek, you know, all that narrative. I mean, after that first drive, didn't did you not think they were going to explode, though? That first drive was flawless. The first drive was everything you could have hoped for, yes. Yeah, I thought they were on their way to 30-plus. You couldn't tell me they weren't after that first drive. And things like that just started to stall out. I think from here on out, you play like the MVS over and just hope for – you hope for the big catch. You play the sky more over. You hope, you hope for the one or two little third down conversion. Like, I think you got to start penny-pinching in, in, in Mark's picks. Last week, one and two, your season total nine and seven – nine, 17, and one, excuse me. Almost left that one out there. That's important for the winning percentage total. Nine, 17, and one as we enter the bye week. A little different record than the Kansas City Chiefs. Just kind of give us your state of the union, how you're feeling as you enter this back half of the regular season. You know, the record would indicate that I should feel terrible right now, but I really don't. I really don't. Um, I know wherever I've made my mistakes. I'm going back to the drawing board, and I'm going to, I'm going to get a collection of curators with me, and we're going to have a roundtable discussion. We're going to go through the analytics and the numbers. I may invite Aaron at that roundtable discussion if he's uh, willing, and we'll, we're going to break this down. We're going to really break it down to the nitty-gritty, man. We're going to get down to the any type of metric that you can think of. We're going to bring it all at the, on the table, and we're going to come back with a new game plan starting next week, and we're going to get this thing to 500 for the end of the year. So what I'm hearing is you need a ghostwriter for your picks now. You're 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 out you're outsourcing hey. you're hey, outsourcing man. your picks. Now. Hey, it, it worked for Drake, right? Drake became the biggest rapper in the world. Hey, man, sometimes you need a little assistance to get where you need to get. It's okay. I, I I'm humble enough to to admit that. But as long as the end goal is the end goal, that's all that matters. As long as I'm not making people homeless, that's all that matters to me. You've so already done that once. Done. You've already done that once famously on this show. Hopefully it doesn't continue to happen. You about to play bet the house on it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it didn't come up. Good job. Uh, bet the house on it. Oh, there it is. <laughs> kind of a quiet chat today. All good. Bye week. Well, I guess we'll hear from y'all on the other side. We'll preview. Chiefs and Eagles, next time y'all hear from that, that'll be episode 64. I'm starting to hit these Wednesdays. I'm like, man, it's Wednesday, Wednesday already. Like, these things are rolling in, man. I was I was just thinking, before we know it, the season's going to be over. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What a, a furious finish to the season. Looks like it's going to be for the world champs as they look in prime position to defend their Lombardi Trophy. Mark Gunnels will have three more plays next time we join you all. But until then, Coast to Coast boys, oh, the, the, the Sea Hive, we out of here.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 